0: Hello, and welcome to Wealthspire Advisors Investor Insights video for December. I'm Bobby Moyer, and I'm joined with Sandy Wiggins. Well, Sandy, it was a great month for the markets across the board, so let's dive right into the numbers. Sounds good. The S&P 500 broke its three-month losing streak in impressive fashion, returning 9.13% for the month of November. This is the index's best return since July of 2022. There was also strong performance in both mid and small cap stocks. The S&P Mid-Cap 400 returned 8.5%, and the S&P Small-Cap 600 returned 8.3% for the month. The S&P 500 is now positive year-to-date by 20.8%, while the S&P mid Index is positive by 7.1%, and the S&P Small-Cap Index by 2.9%. The top-performing broad index was the tech-heavy Nasdaq, which returned 10.8% in November, and is now positive by 37% year-to-date. Staying in the U.S. markets and looking at S&P sector performance, there were four sectors that returned more than 10% during the month of November. Technology led the way, returning 12.9%, followed by real estate 12.5%, financials 11%, and consumer discretionary also 11%. Only one sector was negative in November, which was energy, which was down 1%. Looking at sectors year-to-date, technology sector is up 52%, followed by communication services up 49%, and consumer discretionary up 34%. There are four negative sectors, energy, consumer staples, healthcare, and utilities. International stocks also had a strong month. The MSCI EFA, an index of developed markets, returned 9.3% in November, and the emerging market index returned 8%. Year-to-date, the developed index is up 12.8%, and the emerging market index is up 6%. International stocks benefited from a weakening dollar, as the dollar weakened against foreign currencies for the first month in the last three months. Not only did stocks perform well, but bonds also had a stellar month. The Bloomberg aggregate bond index broke its six-month losing streak by posting a monthly return of 4.5%, its best monthly return since 1985. The index moved back into positive territory for the year, now returning 1.6% year-to-date. The high-yield bond index matched the ag's return for the month at 4.5 percent but is up 9.4 percent year to date
1: well bobby november was a really strong month um it was a bit bit of a surprise with with how interest rates moved significantly and that really fueled the equity markets we started off the month at five percent
0: uh late late november november 18th i think we were right around five percent yeah
1: yep yep. and then you know it bumped up against that five percent mark and then Started to trail down uh, from from that point, and that really fueled the equity markets to take off. And we've gotten nice returns closing out the month.
0: Yeah, we just went over those, and seeing you know interest rates, a ten-year Treasury getting down to 4.25, I think on the 29th of November. Like you said, hitting five percent has you know you see that little bit of a shift where interest rates have been you know more of a headwind over the last I don't know 18 months, even even longer. That's turned to a tailwind, and it turned quickly with those outsized returns in both the, the stock and bond markets for the month of November. And that all started with you know, tamer readings on inflation across the board, CPI, PPI, PCE, you know, coming in a little bit lower, and the expectations looking at real time data of housing and used cars that are still showing you know higher increases and are really being felt you know in real time data. So that's looking good. You saw a revision up on GDP the third quarter 5.2%. I mean, that's not recessionary. Uh, And you're seeing, you know, fourth quarter being north of about 2%. So not as strong, but still, still economic growth on the unemployment side, you know, a little bit of loosening, but still, you know, below 4%. You know, we'll we'll get another reading here really quickly after this is shot. But you know, this is, you know, what we've been seeing is, you know, inflation coming down and, and more of that expectation that and inflation has peaked and will continue to come down into 2024.
1: And as a result of inflation uh, starting to subside and, and maybe move move downward, we're you know already seeing predictions on where interest rates are going to be next year. And so, a couple of meaningful numbers: 43% chance of having a rate reduction by March, yep. 75% chance of a rate reduction by May. So that's that's a pretty significant change of tune, so to speak, from where we were, you know, just a few short months ago. And that should continue to uh, bode well for both stocks and bonds.
0: Yeah, that, that would be good to see. And But we saw this before, too, the beginning of last year, 2023, this year, I guess. They were cu- calling for rate cuts at this point, you know, and they were early. The market's just a little bit early on probabilities of, of cuts. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But I think, you know, what you didn't say, but alluded to that December and January, we weren't going to see anything, right? Which is yep. maybe we're done for the highs, even though some Fed presidents have said some other things here recently. I think that's just trying to hold off the markets. But the other thing, you know, all all good stuff that we've talked about. But the other really positive that we saw in November was the breadth of the market. You know, we talked for much of the, the first three quarters of the year that the Magnificent Seven has kind of led the market, or at least a lot can be attributed to to those couple stocks. And really... November saw outsized returns. You saw very strong returns in international. You saw the equal weight index return, or at least keep up with the S&P 500 market weighted. You saw, even though the NASDAQ led once again, small caps did much better. Uh, So that breadth where this is getting to be more and more companies or more and more stocks keeping up with it, not to mention that the very strong returns you saw in the bond market, it's been a really positive November, I would say, just to see a lot of things come together as long as we don't get too far ahead of ourselves.
1: Yeah, and, and talking about getting getting uh, ahead of ourselves, I, I would it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a few days, a week, uh, or you know, over the first part of December where the market digests a, a very very strong, yeah. uh, favorable November. But we also look into the future and see that December typically is a very strong month for the year, and the signs are there for uh, this year to prove to be the same.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. You get overbought a little bit, both on rates, too, right? Rates fell so far that maybe it gets overdone and we pause a little bit. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, outside of that, you look at we're at that time looking ahead to 2024 and Wall Street strategists do what I think is just an absolute foolish exercise. But, you know, let's play the game. They put their their year end targets for next year and, you know, odds of recession for next year, all these things that everybody had Consensus last year, I feel like at least the first half of the year of a negative market and a recession, way wrong, right? And the sentiment going in in December last year for 2023 was very negative. Well, this time it's a little bit of a mixed bag. You're seeing some strategists, economists, they're split. I'm seeing mild recession. I heard somebody the other day out talking about a deeper recession. Some saying we're, we're going to skirt this recession altogether. And the market side, I've heard people hitting 5,100 on, on some targets, which would be... Uh, on the S&P, on the S&P, which would be a big move from here, at least a 10% move from here, uh, and then I heard a couple, a couple percent below. So I think it's actually a positive that you don't have everybody all calling from the same, the same sheet like we saw last year. I think when you get everybody on one side of consensus, it usually, like happened this year, you go the other way. But now it's a little bit broader, and, and you're seeing views across the board, and, and that's uncertainty. But that also, I think, is, is a positive for the markets as we head into next year, not to even talk about the election as could be a positive as well as the administration will do whatever they can to see no recession and the markets go higher. Uh, they don't want to see a negative on those two fronts heading into that election year.
1: Well, you're talking about returns and expectations and predictions, you know, we look at last year there were two months that were significantly you know, positive, but we ended up with a, a negative 18% on the S&P 500. This year is the reverse of that. We've had more of a very positive months than negative, but we've had a few negatives. That's the way it, it, it continues to, uh, to play out. So it's hard to make a prediction.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, we saw in the bond market, you know, leading into November, six straight months of negative returns, and then we get a blowout number, what, you know, it's probably the best number in 40 years, a monthly number for the Barclays Aggregate Index, which is just phenomenal to see such a strong off six months in a row, S&P 500 down three months in a row. Then he pop off a, a huge return. And like you said, I think it was July last year where we were up nine. Uh, November maybe. or No, October last year we were up over eight on the S&P. So that's a, a very strong environment. But it, it proves that you've got to stay the course. And last year we were down 18 and, and we had those big numbers. What if you missed one of those because you were scared? Then he got back in and missed missed the return. So I think it's a, a perfect. You know, point to to continue just to show have a, a good strategy in place, and then you got to stay the course. You can't get let the emotions get too caught up in in this.
1: Yeah, you know, we we've talked about the statistics and the studies that show if you miss just three or four of the best years in a decade, You're right? Your your return is cut in half. So staying the course, you know, it may be painful, it may be scary, it may create anxiety, but ultimately, in the long term, history repeats itself. So far. And staying the course is the way to uh, create more wealth.
0: Yeah, you know the investing world lost a legend earlier with Charlie Munger, and and I I was a huge fan of Charlie. And really, just starting again to read a lot of his stuff here in the last month, which is which is crazy. He was a month shy of turning 100, and you know he has a lot of quotes out there. There's a book dedicated to his quotes, but one that I think is relevant to what we're talking about here is, you know, the money's not made on the, the buying or the selling it's on staying the course, on, on the patience of it. So, you know, Charlie always has a lot of good things, and he became a, a you know, a very rich man, sticking to some simple investment, you know, principles. And, and that's that's one of them, not not the buying and selling, but, you know, having the discipline to stay the course. So I think with that, we we close it out on some wisdom of somebody way smarter than myself, for sure, you know, with, with Charlie's words.
1: Well, yeah, and just to, to, to put a little bit of um connection. Some people might know Charlie Munger. Everybody knows Warren Buffett. Sure. And and those two were, you know, compadres, left hand, right hand. They work so well together. And I know Warren Buffett lost a, a real friend and, and we lost a great investor.
0: 55-year so, partnership, I heard, between yep, those two. Yep. Um, pretty special.
1: Yep, yeah. yep. Well, until we get together again uh, and, and review the month of December, happy holidays.
0: Take care.